She's a seasoned HR expert who loves to travel and has a strong passion for her mission of developing people and business success. I'm delighted to welcome back Hilda Gann of People Bright Consulting on Small Talk. again from People Bright Consulting. Welcome back to Small Talk. Thank you. Thanks for thinking about me again. So Hilda, you're a pioneer. You're on, you on show number five. So folks, if you haven't seen show number five, please go back and, and watch show number five because at the time Hilda and I were talking about mission values and, and, and how to create them and what to think about. It's a really really amazing conversation we had and really enlightening, especially for those organizations who were either starting up or were at the time, Hilda, you mentioned about refreshing. And now we're talking something a little different. Fast forward to show number 38. We're fast forwarding. We're talking about cannabis in the workplace. And for those of you who are watching Small Talk outside of Canada, in the near future, in Canada, it is going to be legal to purchase cannabis sell cannabis and even have individuals on medical cannabis in the workplace. And that's the focus for our conversation, Hilda. We want to talk about cannabis in the workplace. And I want to start the conversation with one of the thoughts that you are talking to many individuals about, and that is creating policies and what these policies look like and how they impact the culture, the communications and the interaction with, with staff and, and management team. Please share your thoughts around that? Sure. Cannabis in the workplace for medical reasons has actually been legal, but probably a lot of people have not shared the fact that they've been using cannabis and employers don't want to hear that. So it's, it's kind of been kind of underneath the radar, but with the legalization, which therefore means that people can take it medicinally still, and that's been going on for well over a decade, and people can take it recreational. When I first started the journey of understanding what this meant to the workplace, I thought, yeah, yeah, it's just adding the word cannabis to your safety policies along with uh, drugs and alcohol. But as I get into it more, I realize it's more than just that word on a piece of paper. Everybody has this kind of reaction to cannabis, either in, in a a gung-ho, yes, this is great, or a very visceral negative. And what I'm doing is trying to get people to understand what that is, to do a gut check, to understand what their feelings are, but then to think past that and say, what does that mean to my workplace? If your workplace is highly um, um, industrialized and you're worried about safety, you need to include those things. If your place ha has people that you don't think are on cannabis and you don't think you need it, you need to think twice because there are many people that I've talked to over the course of, of well over a year now who sort of tell me after the fact that, yeah, I'm on cannabis and I'm doing it in the workplace. So there are a lot of people out there, your staff, who you say, you know, I like Joe. He's one of my best workers. He, he brings in the revenue. Meanwhile, you know, three months from now, Joe might say, hey, I wanted to tell you, I've had chronic pain. I can't sleep at night but I take medical cannabis for that, but I'm doing well. If you didn't know that, you would have thought 
he was he's an optimal performer so i don't have any concerns he's not on it so now how do you feel that he's on it so every company needs to create policies to balance what i'll call safety um and the duty to accommodate so if a person has medical problems you have to accommodate them uh, recreational that's a different story and i'll just add one more thing before uh, we move on the other thing you balance is people still have to come to work and perform effectively. So a person cannot come to work and drink alcohol and perform ineffectively. Similarly, if a person's on cannabis, they have to perform to the best of their duties. So as employers, you still can comment on people and expect them to perform effectively. So let me, talk, let me just, uh, if you can ex expand just a little bit uh, more higher level, if I'm watching this, segment and I'm someone in HR or senior management or certainly a, 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 a high level long-standing employee staff member team member who is on some level of medical marijuana or anything of that nature but specifically when you talked about policy though Hilda from top level what are some of the top level things someone should be thinking about to include in these policies that you refer to. Just give me some top level things that- So that's a, that's a great question and, yeah. and I'll keep it very high level because yeah. every company needs to examine it themselves. So it should be in the Occupational Health and Safety Manual with reference to alcohol and, and drugs. And so in there you would identify what it is. And then you need to think about, okay, what will I, what is the expectation? Because if people think that they're recreational and hey, I can do it at my lunch break. That's, that is a policy that has to be incorporated in the policy. The company has to say, you will not be allowed to, to smoke recreationally or inhale or vape or take cookies on company time. And some companies might say, and, and I've talked to some licensed producers, they say, we will allow people at social events to take um, some kind of cannabinoid. Um, and it's just like their alcohol policy. Socially, you can do that. So socially, they may allow that. And that should be in writing because people have to understand what the expectations are. So that's one thing. The other thing is safety. There are safety issues for some companies, so they may have to very clearly lay out what they will and will not do. But again, it's the person has to perform effectively. If they don't perform effectively, you can talk to them. So again, that has to be in the policy that says performance. What if a person, some companies will decide to declare whether they will, they want to know about medical cannabis and a person's taking it or not. There's an interesting case in, in law that somebody was fired because he was on medical cannabis. Uh, and that was the, the, the lawyer's for that individual. But the company argued, the, they had a policy said, if you are on a medication or cannabis, you need to declare that. He did not declare that. And he ended up in an incident that affected the company. So he, the, the court upheld that decision because it wasn't the cannabis he was smoking. It was the fact that he didn't declare it. So again, high level, some companies might say we would like to all people who are taking medical cannabis to come forward because as an employer i have a duty to accommodate you i can't accommodate you if i don't know that you're on this because like a person on diabetes who's diabetic some days their medication might 
overwhelm them because they're under a lot of stress and that or so the medication they did they, they took was not enough and they go into a diabetic coma well you don't terminate somebody because their medication wasn't titrated well enough because this was a circumstance the same thing happens for medical cannabis there may be a circumstance so you have a duty to accommodate so safety and duty accommodate and performance are things that they need to to identify excellent Folks, through this segment, you've been seeing Hilda's contact information. You'll see it again here on the screen. Please, she is a breath of knowledge. She's constantly learning. She's constantly speaking at events, speaking with organizations, especially if you are a Canadian organization or someone representing a Canadian organization and you are watching this segment. By the way, we're going to have a special edition, uh, what I call an extended edition of Small Talk, specifically on cannabis in the workplace with Hilda. So do look out for that in the future. And, and if, uh, if you certainly want to uh, connect in with her, please contact her. Her contact information is all there. Now, Hilda, way back in the day, we never asked this question, but we now are asking this question. If you had an opportunity to have a small talk conversation with anyone living or past, who would that be? I was a teenager when I read a biography by Jenny Churchill. And Jenny Churchill is actually Sir Winston Churchill's mother. So a lot of young people won't know who that is, but he was a great political figure. But what enticed me and what I would love to talk to Jenny Churchill is she was a woman in the 1800s and she was in a time when women were more supportive roles. Yes, she was a lady like Sir and Matt or like Lady Randolph Churchill was her name, mm -hmm. but she didn't fit the mold. She was a pioneer of women. She started her own magazine. She helped nursing and um, ship during the war. So she provided this service. She was very comfortable in the men's world and, and influential. And I admired that. And I think that's been a role model for me is that, yes, we all live in this world together. And I see myself as part of that world. I don't see men and women. I'm just comfortable in this world. And I aspire to her. So I'd love to just talk to her how she did it because she's been that role model and guiding light for me uh, through the years. That is such an amazing answer. Definitely sounds very intriguing, Hilda. So thank you again for coming back on Small Talk after all of these segments. Really appreciate your time. And we'll, I'm sure, see you very soon. Love what you're doing and thank you for the invite. You're welcome. Thank you to Hildegan of People Bright Consulting for joining me on Small Talk. You can also listen to the show as part of our podcast series. Now it's your turn. Please comment, subscribe, and share. If you'd like a topic you'd like to discuss on the show, please give me a call or send me an email. We'll talk with you next time.